All right, and welcome back. It's been a hot, hot, hot minute since we've done a pod. Yeah, we went on a bit of a hiatus. Yeah, we the last one we did was uh, we were in the old country. Yeah, we were <laughs> in older country. Yeah, Ireland. But I mean, we're I mean we're just we're just as confused as a PGA tour man. Like we didn't know what to do with ourselves once the once the majors were over. We're just sitting here like kind of confused. We're like, is it over? Is it still going? Should I care about this stuff? I mean, we're we're plagued just like the tour is with this new schedule. Yeah, I mean, after the open, it, uh, my golf cares really kind of went out the window a little bit. It, I mean, the tour championship, the playoffs. They were all right, but it wasn't really anything that great. Plus, I hated the format. Yeah, the, let's the just let's just jump into that since that was like the last <laughs> thing that people kind of cared about was the playoffs and the tour championship. Um, we're coming at you live after the new season's already started, apparently. Um, yeah. By the way, this is out of the rough golf, and it, I failed to mention that. That's us. This is our our podcast. Sure is. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so it it doesn't i don't think it works for anybody i don't think the new format really works for everybody i don't think the playoffs in general mean very much to people um i understand what they're trying to do with it i get that like they don't want to have like this arbitrary point system like operating in the shadow of like the normal tour championship that was going on where it's like you know, Tiger won the Tour Championship, but Justin Rose got the FedEx Cup, and he got all these ex- like this algorithm was going on, and you guys just need to watch the other scoreboard and like see how it's going. Where it's like now, it's like the winner of this event gets the thing. Like, I get it. Um, I don't know if anyone's truly happy with the idea of it starting off as like a net championship where someone starts off lower than the other people. Um, but I think the bigger issues with the playoffs and the Tour Championship at large is the fact that you can't fix it with just a single event. You have to fix it on like the holistic level of the playoffs. I pretty much just don't like it at all. I think it could be done way better. Like every other playoffs in every other single sport, like you're eliminated. Yeah. I agree. So it's like a match play and you're eliminated at least for the 30 at East Lake. Um, I also don't think that the FedEx Cup points should be more points for the playoff events or the events coming into the playoffs. I think every single event except for the majors and the WGCs should be worth the same amount of points. Uh, so that's, that's kind of their point, though, right? Is like they're trying to be like, this is like you're being eliminated. If you don't play well here, you're pretty much out of it. Like, Yeah, but they're not. They're not out of it, and they aren't eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess it's just supposed to be, like, demoralizing and you're just so far behind. But so here's – I agree. I think the straightforward thing is match play. I get that they're worried that, like, they're going to get, like, a really, like, dud final or, like, really bad, like, results for people at the end and no one's going to want to tune in if it's, like – Well, that still happens in regular tournaments. And you're hoping that the top 30 players that year are going to provide at least some drama and, you know – yeah. You know, no one wants to see Webb Simpson coming home on the home stretch of the playoffs, man. Maybe yeah. except for his immediate family, but <laughs> his closest immediate family. I bet you even his cousins are like. But that's I a that's a possibility. This last year, Webb was playing good golf. Like that could have happened. You know, like those those sort of things can happen regardless. Right. 
Um, so I agree. I think match play is the way to go, but I think I'd like to take it more ambitious than just the tour uh, championship. I think match play should begin with the playoffs. And so, all right, bear with me. This is going to be like a five-minute breakdown, but I'll lay it out pretty simply. So the playoffs, instead of taking the first, what is it, 125 into the playoffs? Somewhere around there, 125, 150, something Okay, we'll like throw that. three extra guys into that. We're going to take the, one, the, the top 128. And FedEx points create the seeding of the, of the brackets. Mm-hmm. So Brooks, since he won the Wyndham reward points thing or whatever, he would be number one. one Exactly. (coughs) And so it would be a 1v1 match play format, and then it'd be a 36-hole match. And event one, the Northern Trust, would be half the field. So the first half or whatever, however you want to figure it out, the first half of the 128 field plays Thursday and Friday. And then the second half plays Saturday, Sunday, and then the field is cut from 128 to 64. And then you go off of the seeding again. You reseed from there. Like you just obviously not one through 128 is mm-hmm. going to get through. You're going to get upsets. But you still are based on the seeding of the original entry into the playoffs. So you get as close as you can to that original seeding without making too many deviations. And then event two, the BMW, same format, field cut from 64 to 32. And then event three is a little bit different, but it's the tour championship. So this is where it starts. One moves from a 36 hole to an 18 hole match play. And then Thursday cuts from 32 to 16. And then Friday cuts from 16 to eight. And then Saturday cuts from eight to four. And then Sunday cuts from four to two. And then on Monday you do prime time one V one golf. So it's just, a, it's like the Phil versus tiger match, but it's Monday evening during prime time. Yeah, I just uh, I like that idea. I think it's cool logistically. Like you know how at Dell Match Play, like Sunday, like it's hard hard to like because they're trying to watch make a, golf, but they're trying to know, make a full day out there. of it. Like they're trying to make a full day out of it, right? Yeah, but still, if you have one group on Monday and all those people are at the tournament, like it's not they're not going to be able to see the golf going on because people are going to be. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> they're getting an extra day of golf though too. Like, I mean, yeah, that's true. I just think I, I, for people viewing at home, it's fine. But for people attending the tournament that paid money to watch the tournaments, like even Sunday at Dell match play, like it's kind of like, fuck, like we're, what are we watching here? Like, it's yeah, I, see f- I feel it. But like at the end of the day, what's more important, having an identity and a playoff system that works and makes sense, that makes sense for the 99.999 repeating of people that are watching it. And think about it this way, like, you get a 1v1 for $15 million. Yeah. Like, that. that's all. That's like the Phil and Tiger thing. I get that it wasn't about the money. It was about them two going head-to-head. But, like, that's a pretty big draw. Like, especially if it's an underdog in there. Like, if fucking, you know, if fucking Joaquin Neiman, who just won, somehow was, like, going against, like, Rory or Brooks into that final. Like, that'd be a fucking insane thing to watch. I, I agree. I think viewing at home it, it it would be good for sure but uh and then that w- i would almost say uh or the monday is you don't allow fans and you get super crazy production quality you could do that you could say that they're not you're there's no patrons or you can have or, them at the or event, like a but select it's like, patrons like the match or whatever yeah or you have people that can come there but they're viewing it like on interactive jumbotrons and all sorts of crazy like 
production outside of the event thing. Because at the end of the day, like watching golfers and walking around and follow them is only good for if you're like in the first couple layers of it. You know, after that, it's like, are you just trying to be there for the atmosphere? You're trying to be there to actually watch them hit golf shots. Because if you're there for the second thing, you're probably better off being in like those experience areas where you're watching on big screens and you get to see live boards and all sorts of stuff. So I'm sure you can make it work and like embrace that this is like a match play event. So make it organize it in a way where it's a fun fan experience beyond like following this one V one match. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, this current thing just doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, the, it needs work to do. I hate, I hate the uh, Thursday, like you're starting with the lead, like Justin Thomas was starting with the lead. Yeah. I, I mean, they I, got, I just hate that. I don't like it at all. Um, I think, that they got lucky this year with Rory shooting the gro- the best gross and winning it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, people were going to be playing differently because of the position that they were in. Some guys were going to be super aggro. Some guys were going to be super defensive. And that's an interesting like psychology to watch. Just be like J- JT can't go out firing because he has to protect his lead. So like he, he felt weird when he was playing. Mm-hmm. So I get it. I just don't, it was interesting to watch the first time around, but I, I don't like the idea of me watching it like this every year. I think it was an interesting experiment. They can keep trying it. They're probably going to keep trying it, but I, I yeah, think I mean they're I'm already with, invested at this point. Like, yeah, they've got to change it the year after. Yeah, they've got to give it like the real a real try. Like they're going to have to give it a few times. And I know by the end of it, like it is what it is. And like, but I think they're they're leaving something really uncovered there that could that could go better. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know where I stand. I. Uh, I just I don't like the way it is at all. I don't like the way the FedEx Cup works towards the end of the season going into playoffs. Uh yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at. I don't think it tr- I don't think it's a true representation of who did the best all year whenever you're rewarded at the end of the year with more FedEx Cup points. Yeah, I mean the whole thing about like how OWGR was had their own like gross scoreboard so that they would award the world ranking points accordingly not based on some sort of net start thing Mm -hmm. that's the only way they would allow it and the fact of the matter is i even would put an asterisk next to that because you had a bunch of guys that weren't playing their normal games because they felt that like they're out of position so it's like i guess those guys could have just played for the gross or whatever like that but i guess if you made the tour championship you're not really too worried about your world ranking points but yeah it's just weird. It, it added a weird dynamic, even like for all the logistics in golf, having like the tournament set up like that was weird. Yeah. I mean, they're st- obviously still trying to figure things out, and I'm sure they've put more thought into it than I have. But And like also like what about the the scoring records and stuff? Like it, you're not actually two under. Like if you were to go shoot – like, they wouldn't uh, have counted that though. Yeah, I, that's just what I'm. It's what I'm saying. Like people, like they say it's easier for the viewers, but you're coming in on Thursday. It's the first day of the tournament. Someone that's not, you know, doesn't pay attention to golf like you and I do, and they're like, "Oh, cool, Justin Thomas is four under. He must, you know, have like, why do I only see two birdies? Like, what's going on here? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think if you if you go deep enough down the lowest common denominator or he started at 10 under right he's he's 12 under he started at 10 under 10 under so yeah but but besides the point the 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 idea that they're going to be looking that deeply into it it aren't the people they're trying to appeal to like what they're trying to do is just make it very straightforward the guy with the lowest number is leading and that's still the case with this too 
they're not gonna be like looking at the scorecard and be like, I don't see where this ten came from. Like, they're just gonna be like, oh, that guy's in first place. Okay, like, yeah, I, I, I'm just not a fan. I'm not the biggest fan either. I can't say, I wouldn't say it's an improvement upon the other one. I just think it's equally bad in a different direction. But it is what it is. Like. I don't have a huge, huge issue just, with it. I just think it's untapped potential. Like, it could be so much more exciting. Because, like, you have a lot of money that you're giving away. It is the end of the season. Guys do take it seriously, and they do want to get to the end of it. And uh, I think let's just make this thing, like, a real playoffs. Because right now it just doesn't have the teeth of, like, a real playoffs. And I know I'm not the only one who feels this way. Like, you and I feel this way. Like, everything that I read or listen to, everyone's not very satisfied with this. Yeah, I... Uh I just can't believe that there was a uh, probably several meetings talking about this and several (laughs) like people are like, yeah, that seems like a really good idea. I think that would work out well. Like, I just can't believe that the people that are running this shit like thought that was going to be a good idea. Yeah. And I usually live my life by being like, they probably know more than I do about whatever is going on. And like, they probably have a lot more information at their disposal that they're thinking about, whether it's the business side of it or if it's tv analytics and shit like that yeah or like whatever it has to do with it like what they can feasibly get away with like there's probably reasons why they don't do match play i just would like them to try to get creative enough where they could try it because i would make an argument that i bet you match play the wgc match play in austin has pretty phenomenal ratings yeah but i a lot of times i hear that like it's one of the favorite tournaments for people to watch you know i think people like the idea of like a head-to-head duke out like there's a reason that people like you have this microcosm of a competition within a competition and it's easy to focus on because you're like okay it's this guy versus this guy they're dealing with the same thing at the same time and they have the same stuff they have to deal with and there's no one who went earlier and someone who's going later like it's all happening in the moment right now i'm a part of it like that's something thrilling about normal sports is that you have two teams that are playing and everything is going on in that moment. It's confined to that space. Yeah, you can put, you know, you can put your cards behind one guy. Like you can do that in any in any tournament, but when it's like two people playing each other, you're like, "Oh, I want this guy to win this match." Instead of like, "I'm cheering for this guy against the whole field." Like you can you want certain people yeah. for certain matches yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, but you're you're not like you're not going to ever deal with, "Oh, and let's cut into over here where something crazy just happened." Or like, "Oh, look over here where it's like this this this, this completely disrupted the the, the 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 scoreboard now. This guy is eagle and he just jumped 11 spots." Like the action between the who's moving on this match is confined to that screen because they're sharing the hole. Mm-hmm. Like that I think inherently has a lot of value that's not being optimized. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I mean, that's, uh, it's already pretty old. The tour championship was a while back. We don't have to beat a dead horse. People have not been super happy with it, but in general, this is more or less obviously like a season recap episode. So, I mean, yeah, we, it's been a while since we have done anything. So we just want to wrap up the end of the last season, which is, there hasn't really much, there hasn't been much going on this year already. So. Yeah, I mean, I would I would shout out Joaquin Neiman, who's also one of those really young players who's, like, 20 years old from South America, Chile, and just, like, he got his first win, and, like, it's just, like, a huge crop of new talent that I'm super excited to talk about, um, but that's more, like, next year focused, not so much yeah. this year focused, but, um, I mean, it's hard not to talk about the Tour Championship and then not talk about the new schedule, because I think a lot of the reason why some of these things have struggled is because 
no one gives a shit outside of the majors now because they're so closely bunched that you don't have this time in between to actually care about the three to four events that show up in between them. When you had larger gaps be- between the majors, you got more excited for events like the Memorial or for Colonial or for, you know, whatever that was coming up in between. You're like, oh, that would be sick to watch that because I like that's like, you know, a different level, not quite a PJ Tour event, but not quite a major. It like had a different feel to it. Yeah. And it was like even it was either today or yesterday, like I was seeing posts about like one year ago today, Tiger won the Tour Championship. Like last year, like the the season was still going on until this past weekend, yeah. you know. Well, they changed they changed that because they didn't want to compete with football. Yeah, that's all fine, but the season was like longer, like it lasted longer. I guess uh, I don't really know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I, I see what you're saying with the majors being so close together. Um, I don't know if I I like it or dislike it I, at this point. Um, it's f- it's a fun ride while it's happening, but it makes you kind of like not appreciate as much the other tour events. And I know this has been like a criticism of people like Justin Rose and Rory that this 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 new schedule has had its own kind of side effects that we couldn't have anticipated. But I'm sure we'll get used to it and we'll find ways to kind of embrace the, you know, the, the tournaments in between. And they didn't like cut any tournaments. They just changed the schedule to begin the new season earlier because we're mm-hmm. already in the season again. But l- this time last year, the tour championship was just wrapping up. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of shifted everything over and you have like the the middling kind of uh fall events competing with football instead of like the end of their tour events weird side note real quick what are they gonna do for the hero world challenge since the bahamas got fucking i have no idea i didn't even think about that i have no idea they might just have it in southern florida something like that yeah Tiger has no shortage of resources to make something happen. Yeah, that's true. I just that randomly came into my head because I was like thinking kind of like early events, even though that's not a tour event or anything. It's just a separate thing. But that's, that's like a tournament I look forward to, like this time of year or like this. Yeah. Kind of lull in the season. Yeah, I I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. I don't really think about that event if I'm being honest. It's just like a random like 18 guy event in the Bahamas, like. I, I like it. I used to care. I, w- I used to care about it because it was the only time I got to see Tiger play. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because because of the Bahamas course. I, I I like I like just those courses down there. How it's like just the fairway and a little bit of rough, and then it's just like sand, sand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are cool courses. Um, all right. So the only thing that really mattered this season are the majors, and I guess we could recap them in the sense of I mean everyone remembers Augusta. That, yeah, that who won, won that again? That that guy. Just I don't know. It was a feline or something like that. Yeah, he a uh, feline won it. <laughs> Damn, that's it. It was amazing. A, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously we don't have to have to harp on that for too long. But I yeah, mean, I monumental think win. Obviously, he you know it'll be the prove ma- that he can go and win it'll at be Augusta. The, it'll be the major <laughs> this year that people are going to be talking about in fifty years. Like, no one's going to remember the other ones in 50 years unless you are an Irishman. And even then. Yeah, like, I mean, that was that, that was a pretty big one. I mean, an Irishman won in Northern on Ireland. The, on the island of Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that was pretty big. But, it, I mean, obviously, it's not Tiger winning the Masters. But yeah. I, think, I think that was a pretty big one. And then. Had Brooks won the U.S. Open, that would have been a big deal. Yeah, that would, probably would have been bigger than both of those, in my opinion. 
but it would have been up there. I think it would have uh, people would have. I, I think would have. It would have been at least really close to Tiger's. People would have said Tiger's is more monumental just because it's Tiger Woods and he came back from back surgery and overcame so much and all of that. Uh, but three U.S. Opens in a row. Yeah, I mean the been, only modern golf golfer to do it. That, that would. That's what I'm saying. They would have been pretty equal in my head. Yeah. Um, Woodland winning the and winning Pebble. It felt like it was. Uh, it felt like a normal major, like someone who deserved to win a major won a major. Yeah. And he played the best golf. And then Brooks just, you know, showed everyone what's up at Beth Page at the PGA. Yeah. I mean, that was and, his to lose. And, and he didn't I mean, lose it. Brooks, second, first, second, sixth, right? At the at the British. No, I think he got fourth. fourth. Yeah. Either fourth or sixth. Yeah, I mean, I think the statistic is something like across all four majors, Brooks lost to four people. Like, yeah, have you seen the – I can't remember the the exact numbers, but it's like since 2015, like the most under par at, at, in majors in Brooks is just – Yeah, he's like 30 shots ahead everyone. of everyone. It's like yeah. him, then Spieth, then somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But you have to remember with those statistics, like people grab the exact date to make that person seem the yeah. best as possible. Not to say that Brooks isn't having an amazing major run. He clearly is. Um, and it's not even close. But I remember seeing the same statistics for Spieth. Like if you just took a microcosm of 2015, like it would look insane. Yeah. Because, I mean, think of Brooks's year this year and Spieth's 15 was even better than that. Like, yeah, but it, it was comparable to the year prior. They both won two majors, you know. Brooks won two majors a year before th- this past year, and Jordan yeah. But even if you bigger. took if you took Brooks's perfect, uh, like his U.S. Open win, his PGA win, and then his uh, PGA win, PGA win. He has two PGAs at and two U.S. US Opens. Opens. Yeah, two U.S. Opens and two 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 PGAs, mm-hmm. and he went. U.S. Open win, um, like tenth or something at uh, um, where F- Frankie won. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on that course, Carnoustie, and then he won the 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 Bell Reeve PGA, and then he skipped the Masters. No, he got t second at the Masters, and then. First at the first PGA, at PGA, and if second. you took the, if you took that microcosm, it's still worse than Spieth's uh, Masters win, U.S. Open win, second at uh, the Open at St Andrews, and then second at Whistling Straits against J Day. Like Spieth's f- twenty fifteen was still better than the best window that you could choose for for Brooks's. Not to say that Brooks isn't playing better in majors because he is across the long run, but you can always choose the timeline that you want to make the person look as good as possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get that. Um, yeah, and then Lowry at the Open. Um, I mean, it was an amazing major. Like, it had all the excitement that you could have asked for, and that course is just by far the fucking sickest one on that list. Yeah, Royal, Royal Port Rush was just awesome. Might want to mute that. Yeah, I might want to mute that. But I mean, it's a cool win. Irishman winning on the Isle of uh, Ireland, and uh, it was cool seeing. I honestly still remember more vividly like Rory's push to almost make the cut. 
which is such a weird thing to say. But that was really cool seeing him go after it from how far back he was. And then just rooting for Fleetwood was fun for that too. But good year of majors. It made golf really exciting because there was such a quick succession of each other. I'm curious to see how next year pans out. I'm wondering if they're going to keep lobbying so hard for the players to be a major. It just is always a narrative nowadays. Yeah, hopefully that never happens. I don't think there needs to be any more than four majors. That's just the, you know, PGA wanting their tournament to fucking be important. And it, but the thing is, like, it is important. You just don't have to make it a major. Like, people are still going to treat it the, yeah. as the fifth most important event of the year. Like, that's not going to change. It's just a weird narrative that people want to keep for, for some reason, the players just, like, doesn't really do it for me. Like, I watch it, and it's maybe it's just the last few. Like, I know Rory won this year, but, like, I don't know. That for some reason, I just don't get it, – it, it's just not a major. You know, it doesn't get me involved like a major does, you know. I think it's because it doesn't have the title, though, right? Like, <clears throat> But it's the strongest field in golf. Yeah, but the point is, is that in your head, it's not a major, so you don't care as much about it. It, it, Are there but any I other enjoy events? tournaments much more than that. I enjoy the Hero World Challenge more than the players. Maybe that's going a little far. I don't, but I like, have a hard, hard time. I, there are that. definitely tournaments I enjoy more, like waste management, for instance. I love the waste management. I love that tournament. And but that's like the first like event of the year that you pay attention to. So it's like, I'm just telling you, like, like it's like golf's back. Like that's a different. I mean, there there's a bunch. Uh, Colonial's good. Fucking. Uh, uh, I love the Hawaii swing too. Like I love those Hawaii tournaments. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I get what you're saying. Like, like I, I, TPC Sawgrass. Like, I don't know. It just, it's not like that dope for me. Like, cool in Island Green, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here I'm not trying to give the PJ Tour like a bunch of praise. I do like TPC Sawgrass. I like that course. Um. I think it's one of the few courses that, like, it is... It lets everyone be in play is one good thing about yeah. that, that course. Like, that is a good thing about the course, but, like, as a viewer watching the course, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of courses are hard. They just... I think, at the end of the day, a lot of things are... A lot of your enjoyment of a tournament is based on how well they broadcast it, and players isn't broadcast super well but not very many events are broadcast that well if i bet you it's not gonna ever happen but like if fox got the players i bet you you'd like the players a lot <laughs> maybe i like, mean i, keep, I keep going back to what you're saying with the one-on-one on monday no one at the tournament and they like fucking make it really good coverage that would be that would be dope to see. Yeah, like fucking drones everywhere and shit. Yeah, just the golfers are having to deal with like, <laughs> like over them while they're playing. I mean, it'd be the shit, dude. It'd be a fun time, and then you get like way more like production. Like you'd, everyone who got that far would like admit that like, all right, you're gonna have a lot more like stuff around you, like not like people, but like production equipment. Like people are gonna be interviewing between between holes and stuff, mm-hmm. like. We want to know. We want to be a part of. We want to be the third guy in the group. You know, that's what we're mm-hmm. going to try to do. Um, we want to hear every word from the caddy. Like, we don't want that. There can be no excuses about like, you know, public safety and stuff like that. Like, if you guys want to fly drones, you can fly drones. You want to do like, 
even just those drone shots at the U.S. Open where it had and uh, and and I think there may have been stuff for Port Rush too, but we didn't watch it really on TV too much. Where they had shots from like the ocean side, where the drone was flying over the ocean, and they had like that was super cool too. Mm-hmm. So it's like the fact that matters is that the, the audience can be pretty restrictive of what what can get done. But yeah, I mean that's a that's kind of in a nutshell like how they could try to make events a little bit more interesting, especially with the tour championship. And then I think broadcast has a lot to do with why the players doesn't really shine through as hard. But I still look forward to it more than any other event besides the majors. I would even say I probably enjoy the players more than the PGA a lot of the time because the PGA has no identity. At least the players has sort of an identity. I think their identity just it helps that it's at TPC Sawgrass every year. I 100% agree. Yeah. But I would it's be more excited like for the PGA the if Masters they... Masters is at Augusta every year. But I would be way more excited for the PGA if they went to exciting courses that I cared about, not shit like Belle Reve and Bethpage, like... Yeah, well, uh, the fact that the schedule has changed will help with that for the PGA because usually it was at the end of the year and, like, courses in the north, like, are getting chillier and shit, right? No, I think it had more to do with that, like... They were baked out in the south. Yeah, Yeah. or just, like, it was really hot in a lot of places. Yeah. Like, Belle Reve was, like, a swamp. Um, If anything, they kind of cut it close with the new schedule. Like, Bethpage was barely, like, it was Getting cold. In, yeah. It was really cold when they They could have done there. it somewhere in the south, though, or yeah. s- more south. I would just like them to see... I want to see more West Coast venues. And I know that we had Pebble this year, but, like, come on, guys. Let's get on the West Coast. There's so many good courses over there. Like, can we get... Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to going back to Chambers Bay. I really wouldn't. Like it'd be cool. I I loved that course. Like I I think it's such a cool course. Yeah. The um, players didn't like it, but that's because that, the greens like, were rolling like nineteen. I like <laughs> it when the players don't like the course. Yeah, that's why the U.S. That's I mean that's the U.S. Opens. I yeah, think, that's why like, I I honestly it. enjoy it. If the players are bitching, like sick. I want Zach Johnson to cry. Exactly. <laughs> um. Let's go to one of our favorite topics ever, which is the Young Guns, man. Let's talk about the year of the Young Guns. Okay, th- this year is going to be the year of the Young Guns. That's Even though the saying. tail end of last year, man, they yeah. only had a couple tournaments to get in after their collegiate days, and the boys killed it. The boys absolutely killed it. Yeah. Javi needs to get himself a dub, but he's killing it. I mean, I mean, just the fact that he had to go down to the fucking corn ferry real quick and then get his card and then he's back. Yeah. Just I, like it was no big deal is is really dope in itself. But I mean, let's also acknowledge the fact that he was the one who qualified for the Masters, who qualified for the U.S. Open, who was there at those events and then also was a low am at those. And then like he just didn't get to play he didn't get he didn't qualify for the pj tour and get his card because he didn't get points for those things because he was still technically an amateur which is bullshit like he should at least get fedex cup points for playing well um sure i mean they have a lot of dumb rules in golf like you can't wear shorts <laughs> like there's a lot of dumb shit in golf yeah but i'm not like I'm, it's not i wouldn't say Hovland underperformed compared like compared to the yeah other I'm just saying he doesn't have a dub like that's all I'm saying uh, okay I, like there you know he's not a winner on tour yet that's just the facts I, I appreciate what you're saying <laughs> I and I appreciate what you're saying I'm not 
saying he's not a baller. I don't like to use that comparison purely because you're trying like by real like by comparison you're trying to say that like he's not as good of a golfer. And I don't think that's true. That's I just, think just the way you're taking it, man. That's I think that's what you're trying to say, though. I'm just saying he doesn't have a dub. I'm saying he's a hell of a golfer. Who do you think is going to have? All right, I'm going to give you five names. All right. It's not really fair because Walk Neiman's already won. He just won. But let's say we get rid of that win he just had in a sense of like this year or I guess this season. But between... Matthew Wolf, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler, and Joaquin, Joaquin Neiman, out of those young guns, who's going to have the best season? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> who's the best golfer? I mean, I have a, I have a, a bias towards Matthew Wolf, but, so I'm going to say Matthew Wolf. But Do you actually think he's the best golfer out of them? I don't know. I haven't seen enough. I think after this year we'll have a that it's like saying like who's who's better Jordan or Justin Thomas like they each have had years where they've played better than each other I think that's gonna be like how it is with those guys as well but that, that, that but it's still you can still talk about it though like I, I'm if we had this conversation like we could actually talk about you have to be like let's wait until later like, I'm not a- saying let's wait till later I'm saying I I don't know I'm saying my answer is Matthew Wolf but I'm not saying like. Obviously, Victor Hovland or Colin Morikawa could have a better season than him this year. Like, Matthew Wolf was the number one amateur. Like, so Victor Hovland wasn't. Yeah, he was. Well, last year. Yeah, he Wolf had it for some of the time. Hovland had it for some of the time. Well, he Wolf finished the year as the number one amateur. Correct. Yeah. So he was the number one amateur. <laughs> Brooks is currently. Number one in the world. It doesn't mean that Tiger was never number one in the world, or Jordan was never one in the world, or ne- yeah. DJ but isn't was there a difference the between the like finishing the year as the number one amateur as opposed to I don't like really... the world number one golfer? Like it's a different kind of thing, isn't it? Like the number one college golfer. Well, firstly, amateur is not necessarily college. Well, I'm talking college. My my point is is that like. Someone was playing better than someone for X amount of time, and someone was playing better than someone else for X amount of time. Like Hovland was ahead of Hovland. Hovland was ahead of Wolf longer than Wolf was ahead of Hovland before they went pro. Like, I'm not saying that Wolf wasn't playing better golf by the end of college because he was playing better golf than Hovland by the end of college, and he won the NCAA. Like, I'm not saying that Hovland was playing better golf than Wolf at the end of it. All I'm saying is that like using that is like an argument is not completely valid. Okay. I, I mean, I, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to say, I, all I'm saying is that I'm going with Wolf, but I, who knows? Neither. No, none of You're us. are not confident that Wolf is going to have the best season. I, I'm not. No, I, I wouldn't make a bet on it. No. Okay. I want him. I want him to be the best. And I think he has more than enough talent to have the best season out of them. Um, Are you familiar with Scheffler and Neiman? Yeah, I'm familiar with. I'm familiar with Neiman Scheffler, not really, but I, I obviously I watched Walking Neiman last year. Like I'm familiar with Walking Neiman. I'm obviously Morikawa, Hovland, Wolf as well, but Scheffler. Well, I just mean in the sense of um, <clears throat> if we had to put. 
an over under on how many wins amongst the five of them will have this season and we already have one with combined them. with yeah them? combined i'd say five combined so on average one of each of them but you think probably one of them is going to have more than one i think there's definitely going to be one of them that doesn't have a win uh, if if we take away Morikawa, or if we take away Neiman's right now. Oh, really? So they're not at one yet. I well, would say obviously he won, but I'm saying starting right now for well, the rest of the season. Then put it at six then. Okay, sure. Because, I mean, if it's for this season, Neiman has one. Yeah. So amongst those five, and I would say, like, those are those are kind of the five hot shots right now. Like, the guys that, like, are, you know, under the age of 21 or whatever it is and, like, are are going to be really fucking good. Um, I think it should be said that they have, amongst Morikawa and Hovland, they have better strokes gained statistics than, like, 90% of the tour, maybe even more than that. Like, their statistics are fucking wild. Yeah, let's also talk about how most kids or guys that come out of college usually if they're good, come on a heater right out of college or, you know, the year they come out or the first couple years. I mean, where are you getting those stats from? Just my head. I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> I mean, if you look at Jordan and Justin Thomas and Justin Thomas did not come out of a heater out of college. Yeah. Not the first year. These are all their first year. I understand that. I'm just saying that. All I'm saying, what what I'm trying to say is that when you come out of college and you're first on tour for the first couple years or so, like you're so stoked to be on tour, at least this is just my personal observations and what I think, that you don't have a lot of worries, that you're just going out and playing golf and enjoying being on a professional golfer and playing golf and you're just do, playing your game. And then you get on tour you get comfortable on tour and then you start worrying about doing well and start tweaking your game and then start shit starts, you know, going awry. See, I, I think, I think the common occurrence is that there's a steep learning curve when you get on the tour and it's just, you don't notice the guys that are struggling because they're not in the spotlight. And then the guys who are breakout stars are the people that you always hear about and they get all the focus. So like the Jordan Spies and but you don't hear about the max homas you don't hear about the people that struggled right out of the gate yeah I mean, and the only a lot reason of those we guys heard go about under the like the corn ferry and stuff like that yeah you don't focus on those guys but the large majority of those guys struggle immediately yeah i mean i guess think about right. curtis luck and hank lebiota and these guys that like i'd only hear about because of either guys like no laying up or anyone else who just focuses on the guys that are on the come up or guys that are like trying to bounce back like it's harder to pay attention to the guys that don't play as well I mean, yeah, you're right. I just, I, I think there is something to be said about what I said, though. Sure, but it's, it's hardly the majority. I bet, it's, yeah, it's the uh, small. I'll, I will concede that. I mean, you're probably right, but I do think there is something to be said about that. I'm sure it plays in like, at the end of the day, someone can't be hot forever, and at the end of the day, too, is that like it, ignorance is bliss to an extent. But like, more often than not, people are struggling out of the gate. Because at the end of the day, there's only 125 spots at the end of each year, or you're going back down to go into, into the Corn Ferry Finals or worse. And like, more often than not, you're seeing the same guys. Like, we still see the Matt Kuchers in the world. We still see Adam Scott. We still we still see Phil. We still see these guys that have been around for ages, and that aren't going anywhere. Like, 
fact of the matter is, is as much as I want to believe that these guys are going to thrive, I would be more surprised if Scheffler was there next year instead of Louis Oosthuizen. And Louis is a fucking dinosaur. He's not really, but he like dinosaur dinosaurs are extinct. You're right. <laughs> Actually, if you consider the birds dinosaurs, never mind. We don't need to go down this tangent. We're about to pivot to a new podcast. <laughs> um Regardless, I think it's going to be a bright future for all of those guys, and I'm excited to see the young guns because we're dealing with this interesting paradigm now where these guys that we consider to be like the babies of the tour, like the Spees, the JTs, the Xander Schauffele's, you know, the Brysons, like these guys that are fresh kind of guys on tour, these guys are like middle-aged now compared to these kids. Like they're – like. Spieth and JT are what twenty five now, and Bryson's like twenty six or twenty seven. Like these kids are twenty, like they're six years younger than these guys, and they're ready to win on tour. They've some of them already have, so it's like it's fucking wild, man. There's like the learning curve for some of these guys, like you said, is fucking not there. Like, and it's scary as shit for the guys that feel like they're always looking forward to take down guys like Phil and Tiger and DJ and stuff like that, and. I don't, I don't know what they're supposed to feel like. They gotta still feel young and spry, but I'm wondering what guys like, what like Ricky are thinking, the guys that are in their 30s. Rick's just hoping he makes the Presidents Cup team, man. Does does he not pre qualify for the Presidents? Oh yeah, he has to get picked, huh? Yeah. We'll 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 talk about the Presidents Cup later because I have stuff about that. But I mean, does does Ricky not feel like a grandpa right now to you? Not to me. <laughs> <laughs> A little gray, gray behind the got a little bit of there's no salt gray. And pepper. In, there's no gray in that fucking mullet, mullet man. <laughs> he actually got rid of it, but good for him. He made the right choice there. But I mean, as far as like normal PGA Tour player takeaways outside of the rookies, um, Spieth is still a painful addiction. I always watch him. I always want him to play better, but he just continually disappoints for the second year in a row. Um, I root harder for him than most people, and. It's been an uphill climb for him, so we'll see what happens. It seems like it's been a long time for him to self-correct. Got any thoughts on the boy Spieth? Um, I think he's in his own fucking head. He's been there for a while. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what his deal is. But I mean, the thing is, is that no one really knows what the issue is because everyone's talking about like, oh, his putter's so bad, except for he had the statistically the best putting year he's ever had this year. A lot of times, and then people though, be like, "Oh, his ball striking is off." It's like, well, he, like his ball striking was great for this one or this one. Like he just like he's, whenever something like it's spinning plates. Whenever he's got one balanced and spinning, another one drops. Like it's like everything is falling by the wayside in different areas. It's like whack a ball for him. Yeah, I mean, usually when one one part of your game goes to shit, the other one tends yeah, to yeah for recreational to make, to, golfers tends to make up for it. <laughs> Oh, I get what you're saying. I thought you were saying that, like, whenever you got something fi- like figured out, like, like his his drives and shit have been awful. So he had that you know. one round at Bethpage where he was driving <laughs> it well. We're like, oh god, is it gonna happen? He's gonna get his. I'm telling slam? you, him and Phil Mickelson are the best fucking scramblers on tour. Like, Jordan is like out out in the wildest of places, and somehow he's like. Just hitting greens and regulation from like yeah, behind like, trees right. and shit. He's like, All right, Grella, we've got to pull out a <laughs> seventy-yard hook. <laughs> it's gonna have to immediate turn left after thirty feet once it gets around this tree, and it's gonna have to barrel between those two traps. It is fucking crazy watching his rounds. Like, 
you're just like, God damn it, Jordan, just hit a fucking fairway. And then he'll be like way right. And then all of a sudden he hits like some crazy punch shot and it rolls up and it's just like rolls onto the green. And, and you're like, what the fuck, dude? Like, and the worst part is, is that whenever he hits a fairway, you're like, yes. And you're like, wait, he hasn't even hit from this fairway all week. I don't even know if he's ready for this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I always want to see the boy Jordan do good. He's he's fucking part of my wolf pack. Of course I want to see him do good. I mean, who doesn't, man? It's Spieth. Yeah. I feel like Spieth... He's the golden boy, man. He is. As as badly as he's been playing for the last two years, he's the golden boy, and he'll continue to be. Um, unless someone tries to have the season that he's had before. But that's a tall order. I think some of it is just his personality, too. That's why he's a golden boy. Yeah, I mean, you he's, know? he's really well-spoken. He's thoughtful. He's open. He's honest. And I he's got a little bit of that southern hospitality, you know. And he's got a receding hairline, so you feel a little bad for him, even though he's got <laughs> tens of millions of dollars in the bank. <laughs> You're just like, poor guy, can't buy hair. Yeah, that, a lot of that shit doesn't fucking work. I mean, are you, if you're going to tell me, like, look at Elon Musk, like, yeah, I've seen him. Like, it's, it's Elon Musk, though. He probably, like, invented a f- way himself to get that hair on. <laughs> like, most of the time, people that have, like, surgeries for hair and shit, like, it doesn't take and it doesn't work very well. Another interesting rabbit hole we're going down. Just <laughs> saying. <laughs> I was just kidding. I don't even think he really cares about it. He's got confidence. He's not worried about his hairline. Yeah. Um, another, I mean, Tony Finau continues to be undervalued and underappreciated. That guy is consistently a monster. Like, he's always at the top of leaderboards. He can't seem to actually win, <laughs> but he just continues to get, like, T5s left and right. I mean, he's comfortable on the President's Cup team. Like... Where can we find, like, who's on the President's Cup team? Like, I can give sure. you the list right now. So they haven't made the captain's pick yet, except for Tiger will be choosing himself to play. We don't know that. He's just he wrote says, a letter. He wrote a letter saying that. Yeah. I thought he just signed it like playing captain or yeah, something like that. So, just, but he didn't say that he was playing. That's kind of a weird thing to sign it as. Well, it, regardless, I'm not for that at all. We'll get to that. Um <laughs> Right now, as we know it, um, President's Cup team is Dustin Johnson, Brooks Koepka, Xander Schauffele, Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Thomas, Matt Kuchar, Webb Simpson, Patrick Hanley. And then the international team, get ready for this. Hideki Matsuyama, Louis Ustazen, Abraham Anser, Cameron Smith, Adam Scott, Mark Leishman, Hao Tong Lee, C.T. Pan. So I don't want to you know, count my chickens before they hatch, but I have a hard time thinking that this isn't going to be another win for the U.S. But it is real Melbourne, and this everyone was saying that going into the Ryder Cup too. Yeah, saying, but I different obviously, story. Yeah, obviously we have a much better record for the Presidents Cup team. But the, I think but the course will play a big role in this, and if they lean into like let's go with people that are you know used to this course, and they go with the more Aussies, even though they already have three Aussies. Um. The, cr- the the thing that isn't noticeable about the international team is that Jay Day is not on the President's Cup team yet. He'd get a he'd need a pick, um, and it, I don't know if he's gonna get. It, if I'm being honest, like he probably will, but I don't know if he really deserves it. I think there's he's a lot gonna of get a pick. It's in Australia. Like he's an Australian. It's Jason Day. He's he's gonna get on the team. Yeah, but I mean, I would go with like. I mean, I would go with Joaquin Neiman before him. I would go with, you know, Justin Harding, Eric Van Royen, like see just going over the to the US team for a second, like 
I definitely think Kiz should be on the team. I obviously I want Ricky on the team, but I do think he adds, you know, adds to the team. Um. Yeah, uh, it's either Patrick Reed, Spieth, or Tiger. I mean, you can make an argument for Gary Woodland. Um. I don't. I. It's hard. I mean, Tiger Woods is still the highest world ranking person out of all the people that aren't on the team. Like he's eighth in the world right now. Dude, screw that. He hadn't played any tournaments all year. Like. And he fucking, he was injured. He's nursing an injury. Like, be a fucking captain. If you're going to be a playing captain, be a player. Like, don't be the captain. I just am not, I'm not about that. Like, and it's not because it's Tiger. Like, I just don't like the playing captain thing. Like, be a fucking captain. What if, if he qualified a, on points? Then r- give your captainship to someone else. Do you think the captain really is doing that much where he can't play and be a captain? I mean. He's just picking lineups. That's not necessarily true. Did you listen to the Justin Thomas No Laying Up podcast? I did. I mean, he talked about a lot about the Ryder Cup and how indulged and how much they were talking about stuff within the team and stuff. I think that, uh, regardless, I I just don't know how Tiger couldn't do both. I don't. I don't think you can't be a playing captain. I get that if someone's like he didn't qualify for points, he shouldn't pick himself. Like, that's an argument, but like he is the highest in world ranking points out of people that aren't on the team already. And the choices are I between think that it, him, Ricky, Spieth, um, Kiz, uh, Bubba, Chez, Fino. Yeah, Fino. I think I think honestly, Fino is the most obvious pick. That's not there. I like, think the biggest, like obviously, it's a different course, but the biggest mistake that the Americans did for the Ryder Cup was not pick players that their game suited the course they were going to play, even though they weren't the standout best players like in the world rankings or playing the best. Like I think that the US team should put so let's, some let's, thought into that. So let's reverse back to um uh Lake Golf National. Um so you would have chose Kisner over Phil, I would assume, right? Yeah, yes. In retrospect, obviously. And then you would have replaced Bryson with who? I don't know if I would have replaced Bryson. Like, obviously, he played like shit. But if I'm thinking, like, I don't know the results, like, I probably would not have replaced Bryson. Bryson was on an insane fucking playoffs. Fucking, like, just coming off an insane playoffs. So who were the the picks for? (coughs) It was Tiger, Phil... Bryson and Finau, right? Those were the four picks for the Ryder Cup. I believe last year. so. So you would have replaced Phil and Tiger, or because I mean Tiger had a pretty phenomenal year in 2018. He had just come off of the Tour Championship win. Um, I definitely would have replaced Phil. I know that. Um, I probably. I, I maybe would have replaced Finau. Really? Because he had a better record than Bryson, and he's always mean, consistent. That doesn't mean he suits the course the best. He is more consistent than Bryson. I mean, kid, I this was a year ago. I'm not. I can't remember like who was in form and who was playing good golf and like what was going on. Just mo- back to the point of people just disrespect Fino. Under free, underappreciated. I don't, I'm a big Fino fan. 
Doesn't sound like it, man. You're just defensive because you're a big fan of him. Like you're like you like him a lot. Like uh, all I'm saying is that they should have picked guys that like they don't need guy. I don't know. I just think they didn't make the best pa- captain's picks. Um, Tiger does not play well in these sorts of things. Yeah, the I history mean, shows that. Yeah, I agree. I agree that he doesn't. He hasn't played uh, statistically very well in the team events in comparison to how he plays normal tour events um, and majors. Um, I do not stand by the fact that Bryson was a good captain's pick. I, 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 do you not remember the two wins he got in the playoffs right before the Ryder Cup? I do remember it, but and if we're going to the you? argument of people for courses, I don't think Bryson's game made sense for that atmosphere. Okay, uh, and that's fine, but then why? The, like, it, I would have put I would have put also, Kisner above. I would have put Kisner in before him there. Then and you I would put put I, Kisner above Finau as well. Then right now, no, Finau above Kis. Or Kisner above Finau for the Ryder Cup back then. If you're putting Kisner above Bryson, you should do the same. No, because I think because t- the reason that Finau was so good at Lake Golf and everything else because he took irons on everything and he was long enough where he could he could keep in the fairway. And then I would have taken Xander over Phil and I would have kept Tiger in even though Tiger played bad, but I would have gone off of Tiger's just how well he had been playing that year. Regardless, and he's a presence. The, in the point. Room is that I think that the U.S. needs to put more thought into whose game fits the course they're going to play. I agree, and I think that's why they need to choose Kisner for Royal Melbourne. Yeah. And I think that they need to go, honestly, I think Ricky needs to be chosen as well because I think Ricky will play well on that course compared to someone like Gary Woodland and even like someone like Patrick Reed, who I feel like has a hard time controlling himself. And I think... It, that course is going to be very penal, and you have to have an even-keeled attitude. Um, that's why, I mean, depending on Tiger's health, I think he I mean, has, if we're being real, if I'm trying to predict who's going to get picked, it's going to be Tiger picking himself like a sm- scumbag. Um, then it's going to be Ricky, Jordan, and hopefully Kisner. I mean, I that's would, what I that's what I'm predicting. I like, wouldn't choose Jordan. Jordan has one at Royal Melbourne. I wouldn't choose Jordan. Yeah, that's fine. You don't have to. I'm just saying that I, that's what I think is going to happen. Who who do you think they would pick over Jordan right now? I told Kuchar, you. Or is no, Kuchar Kuchar's already in. Yeah. I said that they should go with <laughs> Kiz. I just fucking said it. Where is the list again? But I think they should go with Ricky, Kiz. Um, what the fuck happened to my? I'm blanking. Um. Yeah, I guess I would go with Woodland and Tiger. I just don't know what Tiger's health situation is. I, I don't care if he's picking himself. If I think he's gonna play better than than Jordan, I, I just think then he shouldn't be the captain. Whatever, that's a weird distinction. It doesn't really matter. Why is that weird? Because I don't think they does do the anything. Co- does the coach play when uh, when he's coaching a team? I think I think the responsibilities that a coach for a team event or like a team sport like basketball. Or then football, why do they have a captain? It's symbolic. You you think they actually choose people based on their strategic capabilities? Then um, then make it someone that's not playing anymore. Be the captain. 
That's traditionally how it is. Well, then why the fuck is Tiger a captain? Because he was, they wanted to make him captain. Like it wasn't our, tr- like it was, it was the the governing body's choice. Well, to make it doesn't him make any fucking sense. You're getting really heated about something because that's outside it's of your control. Stupid. I think you just envision captain as something differently than what a coach is. Like they're not the same thing. They're if, not like if, they're if not the ca- choosing. If the plays. captain doesn't do anything substantial, why the fuck is there captains and three assistant captains? S- like symbolic. They're trying to like make it a team thing. They're like a like a big like American pride. These are the veterans, the guys that are. But like, if they're pointless, then why are they there? Because a lot of this is pointless. It's an exhibition, dude. It's not a real event. I just I I am it I'm has not no a fan of a playing captain. That's my fucking opinion. You're just getting weird. You're get, you're getting upset about rules about things that aren't even a real part of the like professional sport. It's like, I don't th- I don't like the fact that Tiger is picking himself to play. I, you can have an issue with that, but I, I it should have nothing to do with the fact because he's a captain. It should be the fact that he's choosing himself. Like it's I get the that fact argument that there shouldn't be a playing captain. There it, it just shouldn't be a thing. What if he qualified on points? Then he shouldn't be a captain. But you think the captain has like all these responsibilities. I don't know. We don't need to say it for the fourth time in a row. I just think you think the captains do more than they do. Like they don't really have a lot of decisions to make besides. I don't give a fuck how much they do. I don't think that there should be a playing captain. I don't okay. care if he just all he does all week is just fucking sit there and watch. I don't give a fuck. I don't think there should be a playing captain. It's weird. How is it weird? Because I, I, I never mind. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, I I think at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter who we choose. Like at the end of the day, it's still too lopsided. Like we have too many good players, and I know that was said about the Ryder Cup, but I just don't think it's the same thing. I don't think it's cl- nearly the same situation. And at the end of the day, like those guys also just really underperformed at Lake Golf Nacional, and we don't have the same team as we had at uh at the Ryder Cup, there's no Bubba here. There's no, I don't know. We have consistent guys that are in better form now than they were then. I mean, Brooks didn't necessarily, uh, Brooks was not in the same form that he is now. I don't see Brooks. I don't know. Our U.S. team in the Ryder Cup was, was uh, it seemed like we were firing on all cylinders. I mean, Spieth was in our Ryder Cup team and he was not firing on all cylinders, but he also played well with JT. But JT was also kind of carrying him. But I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see come December. But I want to, I mean, coming back to touch on more of exhibition matches, we have that Zozo skins match um, coming up in Japan. And I like the idea of more of these things kind of showing up, like more like exhibitions. Like I lean into, I think the tour has a stranglehold on like marketable entertaining golf and uh i'd like to see more and more stuff like the match showing up and more things like this because i think it it breeds competition and breeds progress and new things happening because if it's just left to the tour doing their own thing they're not going to try to progress or broadcast or any of the entertainment stuff they're trying to package yeah i mean as far as um how they display golf and stuff you know, I'm all for them making the way, you know, the the broadcasts and stuff, stuff are going right now. If they make it look bad and they have to step their game up, I'm all, for, I'm all for that for sure. But, yeah, I don't know how I feel about the skins, that skins match. I mean, they're doing I'm not it. A, I'm not a huge fan of 
uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> tell us really how you feel. <laughs> um, is it just like the different kind of format of the game? Like you don't like skins? Or I just feel like it's a money grab. Um. And okay, I, like I see. I don't agree with that. I think it's about trying to get the game to be packaged and entertained to different groups and different nations under a different guise than just this tour because it obviously is very strategic you look at the four people that are in it you have tiger who's covering the u.s market or the global <laughs> market you have jd who's covering the oceania like australia new zealand market and then you have hideki who's the home favorite and covering the asia market and then you have Vori who's covering the europe market so you're trying to unite the globe with a single skins game trying to get all the markets interested or, or you're trying to put them all against each other because you're going to be rooting for your your home are you trying team. to make the argument that like the olympics is not a uniting force people are pitting against each other i mean dude a lot of times people are only cheering for their country and not want to see them win man i don't know if i could ever meet someone who could really like push that argument with any realism like the whole point of the olympics <laughs> is uniting as a yeah i mean it, it was a joke but do you think that's the case for the Zozo? Like they're trying to, they're like pitting them against each other. Is no, that a... was a joke I was trying to make. Okay. <laughs> I don't, you didn't catch the sarcasm in my voice. Um, I think it's a good thing for golf. I think <coughs> I don't want to have a heavy reliance on the PJ tour. And I don't like the idea of them controlling. If the, if the, if the landscape in 10, 20 years is going to a global I'm all tour. F- I'm all for other like, other uh what's the best word other institutions yeah putting on stuff other uh, yeah and what what's the word besides institution like what the pga tour is a comp organization organization other organizations are i'm all for getting as many different organizations in putting on legitimate golf events to help improve or make the pga tour step their shit up yeah. Um, see, I, I I hope that the idea is that like we are slowly going toward a global tour. I would like to see a global tour. Um, we have so many golfers that, like, I don't know why we've chosen to focus on so few golfers. Like, I don't know why it matters so much. Maybe it's like the only amount of brain space of the well, general public. Well, you're and, like, uh, if you think that the guys that are on the PGA tour wouldn't be the relevant people on a world tour then you're crazy well that's the way that we have it structured to be that way right so like the idea is that like we have people compartmentalized to certain areas where a certain amount of guys get the same amount of exposure and i'm not saying the guys on the pj tour aren't the best golfers i think they absolutely are and they're going to be the that's focus not my argument world though tour tour. that's not my argument though i bet you if you took the entire like corn ferry and you took the entire european tour and you put everyone in the same tournament, let's just say there's no limitation on time, you would see a lot less guys on the PJ Tour winning. You know That's what I'm just because of volume. But I think th- at the end of the day, like there's a lot of barriers to entry that are going on that are tough for people. I think general, like, that I, 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 don't, I don't agree with that, but that's fine. You can make your point. So the idea that I have for a global tour is that the biggest issue is that you're limited by the number of weeks in a year and how many events you can put on in a tour. Because, like, the PJ Tour and the European Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour are all running in parallel. They're all happening at the same time. But think of if you took the entire – and this is, like, kind of a half-baked idea. But 
if you took the entire population of golfers that are like in professional golf and you put them into one single pot and then you sort them into groups, just like random groups, like a red group, a green group and a blue group. And then those people would just get scheduled into different regions to play in different events at different times at like, and it's all at the end of the day. And then performance at the end of the year, will then aggregate them into a, basically like a playoff pool and that would finish. So like, Rory could be in on the blue on the on the blue tour, and then Dustin Johnson could be in the red tour. And but that's kind of just separate tours. It's not a world tour then. Well, it would just be it would be the same world tour, but it would be events happening in different parts of the world at the same time. So it's like, yeah, but it, then it wouldn't be like a world tour. Like it, people will be playing different events, different tours, just like they are now. Because they're playing different courses, but on then different at the end of the, the year, you would aggregate the highest performers into like what would be like the playoffs of the World Tour, where you. Because at the end of the day, we have a lot of golfers, and at the end, like, do we just want to have 150 professional <clears throat> golfers in the world that get paid a lot of money, or do we want to like grow the game? Literally, it just, I I don't like that because there could be an easier tour, like you got the shit end of the stick and gotten the harder tour. But and... what if you see the tours based on the results of the previous tours? So it eventually cleans itself. I, I just don't like that idea. I think that if there is going to be a world tour, that it should be the best golfers in the world, and you get into the tour, and they do it. You know, they have So to, we'll always have, like, a, a, a pro. That's how it should be. That's how all sports are. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how you look at it with a lot of sports. Because you have soccer has their different leagues. like Different pro leagues. Yeah. I mean, that's what the European Tour and the PGA Tour and stuff and the Corn Ferry Tour are. They're different pro leagues. Well, no, the Corn Ferry is very much a feeder league to the PGA. I mean, you could call like the, the European minor. Tour that, too. No, that's the way that you look at it. I mean, like there's, there's plenty of guys that happily play the European Tour and stay there. Matthew Fitzpatrick. He come he, he came over so much more this past year to the PGA Tour. He was just playing the WGCs. Regardless, he plays over there, in my opinion. I, 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 and I think a lot of it, too, comes with the fact that they want to come here because the money's better, too. Mm-hmm. Because the players are better. Well, is it because the players are better because the money's better, or is the money better because the players are better? They, they go hand in hand. Well, one's, it's chicken and the egg. There's, something's got to cause the other one. I'm just trying to provide some sort of like pushback here in the sense, like, I agree that the PJ Tour has better talent. Like, that's, that should go without saying. But I, but I'm just trying to say is like, how do we get this out of? Because at the end of the day, like, it's gonna cannibalize itself because right now golf is gonna continue to be boring if we don't go to different places and get new markets involved. Like, I'm already getting bored of the same shit, and we've already changed tournaments, we've already changed courses, we're always changing it up. If I get the same American golf over and over, and like, don't get some of the high like level talent that I like seeing going to other places and playing different events, like watching Rory go over and play a little bit of this European tour. And watching guys go over, like when Ricky would go over and play the Scottish or something like that, like that's fun to watch when you see these high caliber guys going to a different place to play. But if they have no incentives to go anywhere else in the world and they keep playing these fucking backyard PGA Tour TPC courses, it's going to get really fucking boring. So whatever the result is for a world tour, I would like to see them playing more events in more places. And I'm just trying to find out a way where you can get the most people involved doing that. I mean, I, 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 I like where, like, I like what you're, like, I like, I think you, 
your idea is in the right spot, and I like where your idea is at, but I just think that that if you're going to do a world tour, it's going to be the best guys in the world, and they're just going to have to do exactly that, tour the world and play the best courses in the world. Like, I don't think that you can do what you were saying with the different tours and stuff, because that's essentially what's going on right now already. I would just, I would, I would consider them like seed groups or like seed pools. And like, they're like, you get randomly, like based on your performance of the previous year, you get slotted into a certain group and it just cycles. And then you go through a certain stage, then you go into the playoffs. Like it's the same thing as like, you're in the AFC or the NFC or you're in like that. Like if you're in the NBA, you're on the East or the West conference final. Like you only play your conference more than a different conference or something like that. Like at the end of the day, like you can find ways to make it where it's still like, you still have entertaining golf at this. Like it's just like a different mix of guys. And like, I get that, like that throws a lot of wrenches in the, in the, the system of like, well, you well, then you run into like, well, I live over here in the United States. So why would I be in the blue group whenever most of those tournaments are being played over in the, the Europe? So my biggest issue, and I think this is a luxury that golfers are taking for granted. Um, I think it's insane that golfers get to choose where they play. Like no other player, like I choose to play this event, this event, and this event, like no other pro athletes can do that. Like no one, like I choose to only play these events. So you these say, places. you're saying that they're have to play every single week. I well, I think they should have a, a there's schedule. a tournament every single week. Hold, well, we're talking about a theoretical system that could be completely different than this one. Like you could only like have to, like you could only get to play X amount. Like, like I said, this is a half baked idea, but I don't, you don't, you wouldn't force them to play like an inhumane amount of golf. But at the end of the day, like right now they have a fucking it is a cakewalk for them, dude. Like if you're in the PGA Tour, you can play whenever you want. You get to pay. You get paid tons of money if you make a cut. Well, you get to and play then, whenever you want if you've played good enough golf to be able to play whenever you want. Because guys that are, you know, scraping to get their card or scraping to keep their card and stuff are going to have to play whatever they can play. Yeah, but once you make it like in the WGCs and you don't, you go, you play no cut. Yeah, because they've like earned that. their spot to be able to play the tournaments that they want to play. Like they've played good enough golf to be able to pick and choose what tournaments they play. But doesn't that fly in the face of your whole thing about like the PGA Tour is the best? Because a bunch of guys in the European Tour and, the, and when they play a world tour, they get right into those WGCs. But the WGCs, Jazz, Jatena, Winan, that guy. The WGCs are a completely different thing. Yeah, they're no-cut events where you get a bunch of money that keeps you on a tour. It keeps you on tour? Yes, you get on tour based on your earnings, your FedEx Cup points that you get. They don't go towards FedEx Cup, do they? Yes, they do. The WGCs do. Yes. Well, I, dis- I don't think they should. Then why would someone like Brooks the- want to play that event then? How would they, how would they the get money? He doesn't need money. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't need money for the world golf rankings points. I don't so you think they should get world golf ranking points for a no cut event where it's a limited field, but they shouldn't get FedEx Cup points? Well, they earn their way into that world golf tournament if by I, playing well, being the top fifty in the world. I don't know how you could be down for one but not the other. Like you're down for them getting world ranking points that they don't have to really battle as many people to get and it's just like a self-fulfilling prophecy of staying high up in the world rankings versus them not getting FedEx Cup points. It's just weird that people from fucking Europe or whatever or bumfuck India or wherever they're from are getting FedEx Cups points. They're not on the PGA Tour. Like, why would they be getting FedEx Cup points? Well, 
it's so it's not always that it's more for like think about the guys that are on the PGA tour getting to the WGCs and they don't have to do anything they're just getting free FedEx Cup points like because there's no cut yeah there's no cut like yeah. they don't have to perform to get their FedEx Cup points. I, I understand that so like, they shouldn't get the FedEx Cup points yeah if that's the way you want to have it like if that's the way that you think it should go but you like that's the, what the, I said. The, but the argument is that like they've earned their way into those tournaments. They, they did should... by playing well and being. That, no, that... I agree. But my point is like, if it does that earn them the FedEx Cup points, like playing their way into those, and they should just get them, and it should be a free pass to points, or like I said, get, I don't think they should get FedEx Cup points. Okay, I just don't know how you motivate them to go to them then. The money and the world golf rankings. Okay, uh, all right. But you guys, you think those guys, uh, those guys are not, you think those guys are really like, I want to go to this tournament because of the FedEx cup points. Yes. Cause they want to make it to the playoffs so they get the bigger checks. No, for the tour they, championship. those guys, most of those guys are carry carry uh, are caring about getting wins and playing the best golf they can to, you know, put them in the history books. That's what those guys care about. You know, maybe the guys that are just getting on tour and trying to make a living and get comfortable, like, care about the money a lot. But the guys that fucking are cush and are making millions of dollars a year or a million dollars a year, like, I don't think that they're motivated by the $15 million at the end of the year. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a bigger percentage than I think. But I really think those guys care about, care more about legacy and collecting trophies than they do fucking FedEx Cup points. I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I think they could want those things while at the same time wanting the job security of, like, when you get to the Tour Championship, you're exempt for all the majors for the next year, and you get, like, better standing for the next couple of years in the Tour. Like, you don't have to be succumb to shuffles or anything like that. Like, you get better priority. Like, at the end of the day, the Tour isn't sufficient to sustain the amount of golfers that we have in the world, and... I think at the end of the day, it's it's still very small, and I think there's a way to make it more of a global game than just like this insulated U.S.-centric. And I get that the audience is in the U.S., the most viewership is in the U.S., but that could change if it's exposed to enough markets. And Do you really think that the, the field would be much different than the PGA Tour for the world tour? Because I, I don't. I think, it, I think initially it will, it will be similar. But I think over time, if you give more regions more time and more resources and more exposure and more infrastructure to build out communities, I think you could see what's happening in the LPGA to the to the the men's game. If you open up the doors to more different markets, you'll get a flood of different talent. I think that the best players in the world come and play the PGA Tour regardless. I just think the avenue to do that is already so difficult for people that aren't based here and you don't think it would be hard to get on the world tour it depends on how you structure it so i I think it's a work in progress of how you develop it but i think that's the direction it needs to go or else it's just going to continue to be this insulated bubble in the u.s where you have to learn one one kind of golf that i don't even find super interesting like think of a guy that came to play the u.s tour like the pj tour from Australia that's used to playing sandbelt golf or someone from Europe that's used to playing links golf. I'm all for going out of the U S like I'm all for that and getting different kinds of golf and different courses in play. Like I'm all for that, but I 
truly do not think that you would have a big difference in the players. I think it would just be another PGA Tour, but it would go all over the world. I think that the best players in the world are on the PGA Tour and that it like I said, I different. like I said, I agree with that statement. I think the best players in the world, the majority of them are on the PGA Tour. What I'm trying to say is that if you expose yourself to more of the world with this world tour, you'll get more people growing up to be that next generation of good golfers from other parts of the world. that's not so based in Western Europe in the United States. And like basketball is a great example. Like when basketball opened up its doors to the rest of the world to become more of a global game, you started seeing this new influx of European basketball players that made their way into the NBA, which is very similar to the PGA Tour and its idea that like that's the premier league. That's where the best basketball is happening. And like that's one method of growing the game to be global. But I think at the end of the day, basketball is always played on the same court and you want to go to different courses. So it's like if you open your game up to the world, you're going to get more talented people come into your league to play it. And I think it's going to be the same case for the PGA Tour, but we just it hasn't opened up its doors to the globe in the same way that basketball has. I know that's not like a conversation we can keep having because it's not like the sport that you follow. But just like right now, there's like a bunch of like really good European players playing on the NBA right now because they were given a market to come here and play. And for people that are listening, I'm talking about guys like Giannis or Jokic or, you know, Doncic. Like there's a bunch of guys that are just insanely good players right now because they were given the opportunity to play. And like the tour or the leagues like came to them in their own ways, you know? I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, I understand what you're trying to say. I just, I and mean. I'm, yeah, and I'm not saying, like, that, that red, blue, green pool thing is the way to do it. I just think right now how insulated we are to the U.S., like, isn't a way to grow the game in the right way. I think you just, uh, yeah. I I think that it would just be a PGA Tour that was that's worldwide. It would only be that way if the PGA Tour controlled it. I'm talking about the players on the tour. I think that the best player, like I've, I keep saying it over and but over. But I'm not again. saying that like those players wouldn't thrive in those environments. I would just want to give more places the opportunity to grow their golf community, so that you know the next three or four generations. And how do you? And how is the world tour doing that? Explain that to me. How is the world tour helping less privileged areas that don't have the the bringing infrastructure to their communities getting businesses to invest in those areas to get sponsors and stuff bringing the business and the industry to those countries like think of think of industry like do you like do you think that Appy Barnrat would be a pro golfer if they never had events in Thailand like I, I don't know the history. Like my, is there like, not golf events going on in these countries? There's golfers there. I think there's there, like the like, barriers to get to here and the distance that you cover. Like the, the tour isn't coming to them. They have to uproot their entire thing to come to the U.S. But these guys it. can go and play on many tours and then get on the European tour and then play well on the European tour. I'm not saying and it's not go, possible. I'm just saying like it, it could be optimized to be I just better. think those guys aren't as good. I think if you're a really good golfer and you're from India or from fucking Australia, you're if you're good enough, you're going to get on the PGA Tour or the European Tour. Like I'm not saying that's not possible. I'm just saying like you could grow it faster and get more better golfers if you took a different approach and you get to see more better courses. I think the main thing Are you happy with the way it is right now? I I would like it. I I would I agree. I would like it. I would like to see more like a diversity of courses 
Would you like to see a diversity of players? Or do you think it wouldn't change? I would like to see the best players. Do you? I think don't care how to high di- how diverse it is. I want to see the best players. But I'm, my my question is like, do you think there would be more better players if we went to other markets? I I don't know. I I really don't think I don't think that you would be getting I did, a I, big like a a substantial amount of new like. I don't think it would curate a ton of new, like, really good golfers from random areas. No. Every other sport points to the contrary, though. So if you look at cricket, you look at soccer, you look at the NBA, you look at every other organized sport, the more countries and the more populations that get involved in it, the best talent you get that comes out of those regions. Like, But you're also talking about sports, like you said, that are on – that aren't on courses. They're on a specific type of thing. So, so you think golf is unique? It can't. Do I think that golf, can. yes, it's unique, and you have to be in an area and come from some sort of, most of the time, privilege to be able to even get into the sport. I think that's that's not true, though. So you look at some. You look at someone. So like you're Luke. kind of contradicting yourself, then. No, I'm just saying that that's not the barrier that I think exists. I don't think it, like I think they, those communities are capable of creating courses. But they're not able to get the eyeballs and the industry and the sponsorships and the businesses and the TV rights and all these other things that generate a bunch of income and money money to be spread around there. Like you could look at how accessible Scotland links golf is and think like Ireland about how Rory's family wasn't well off and he was able to turn himself into a superstar. Like the idea is that like it's not that that path isn't possible. I'm just trying to think of like how do you get the most opportunities for people to go for it? And like the like my goal is to get the best most unique courses into the mix while at the same time getting the best possible probability of the best golfers getting involved. Like I'm not, I I think, see, so I guess that's where we differ. I think the best golfers are involved. I think, I think if there's some, you know, baller kid from Southern Korea or fucking somewhere in Indonesia that if they're insane at golf, they're going to be on one of the tours and make it to the best, the best players in the world. I agree. And I think that's only possible now because we've taken strides to make the pathway to get here easier than it was before. Like the, the fact of the matter is, is that the PGA tour invests in the PGA tour, China and like the mini tours in Latin America and the, the tour in Japan, like the PGA tour is trying their best to bring people to their tour from all across the world. But I think there's still more that could be done. So the only reason that you think there's a pathway to get there is because people have been taking ch- like strides to make it more of a global game. I just think we're just not there yet, and there's things that could be changed to it. Like the barriers to entry that I think are there right now could get removed if we continue to do the work and the progress of that direction. I don't think we're I don't think we should be satisfied with where it's at now though. I just feel like this is like a PC like let's include everyone argument. No, I think the idea is that this is trying to just expose the sport to as many people as possible and give the most probability of people possibly picking up the game like the the higher the volume the higher percentage of good players So you're talking up. about getting more casual golfers into the game well everyone starts off as casual right like at a young age everyone's casual so you're just talking about strictly getting eyes on golf so people want to play the game yeah so let's get tvs for everyone like, I, I just don't get what, what you're saying. Like, how is that going to do that? Well, I think it's by proximity, right? Like, it's hard to connect with something that's so foreign. Like, you don't watch cricket because it's not a part of our culture. 
like the idea is that like the moment it becomes a part of your culture becomes more important to you because it becomes the similarity to your region. And, what's and going you think on. that bringing bringing a world tour event to an area would do that? Yeah. Okay. I mean, the NFL tries or try, has tried to do that in Europe for the past few seasons. And hasn't it really picked up in London? Like people are much bigger U.S. football fans than they were five years ago. They're more invested in the sport. Yeah, but I don't think you're seeing fucking European guys going and playing in the NFL. I mean, I don't know NFL. There's like well. Jay Ajahi. That's like the only guy. And he's not even on a team right now. I would just refute it with the fact that like that's the complete opposite for NBA. Like they've had their European leagues that have been great feeders into the NBA and the sport has grown tremendously across the world. Yeah. It's I, huge in China right now. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know if we're going to be able to come to like – an agreeance on this. I, I, I don't know. I, I am all for a world tour and for changing up the courses for sure. I just don't, I, I just stand by that. I think the best golfers are here and I don't think that you aren't going to, I don't think, I don't know. Have we tapped the potential of best golfers out of the population? You think like there's, there's no other hidden, like, well, obviously, people are being born and new kids are taking up the game and like, but like new prodigies are going to be made. Do we? Like, but do you think all of the accessibility that's needed is out there now? Like they, everyone has a path that they. Of need. course, there's like third world countries and stuff. No, that, no, no. That, I, I mean that even like for developed countries, like, uh, like, do you think that South Africa has as much as it needs for golf? Do you think? Well, that, one, there's so much logistics that go into it. There's a lot. A golf course takes a lot of money to maintain. To get golf courses, to get people into golf, they have to go somewhere to play, you know, or a driving range or something like that. Like golf is not an inexpensive sport. It's one of the more expensive sports to get into. Right. So that in itself limits the people that are going to be able to play the sport. So I just I I think that it. I just don't think th I think you're just going to get a, a a world PGA tour. I think that I think that the PGA tour minus the traveling around is exactly what you're talking about. Minus the world part. <laughs> minus traveling around the world. Yeah, I would I would agree. I just think the barrier the barrier that they like the way that they have the system set up where it's like it's not as fluid of like it's it's hard to like once you're entrenched in the PJ tour, it's hard to get kind of kicked off of it. Like it's pretty easy to like you play bad and don't keep your yeah. But your it's tour it's card. hard to fall out of that that top circle if you're getting in the WGCs and you get to stay in these no cut events and like it's like once you get into a certain spot, it's pretty hard to fall out of grace. If you get what I'm saying, like if you can just play like relatively average golf when you're in that area, like but it's if you even play less than perfect out of the corn ferry. Because you're you're only get to play a select number of events. You always subject to reshuffle. Sometimes because they're looking for the upper echelon people. They're trying to get the best guys to replace the le the worst guys on the tour with the best guys from the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, but that would be the case if the guys that weren't playing m mediocre strokes gained golf that weren't staying in the pl like staying in place with their with their WGCs. Like at the end of the day, there's guys that are playing much better golf on the Corn Ferry that are just not getting enough starts on the tour. To I, d I mean, I d like I said, I just don't uh, – the WGCs, they, the points and stuff aren't done correctly for those. I mean, it's, I mean it's, that's your argument it, right well, now. I, I, think it's a, I think the entire system is just a very convoluted points mess that I don't understand well enough to make a solid argument if someone with the PJ Tour talked to me. 
But I think at the end of the day, like there's more that we could be doing to make golf more exciting than what we're dealing with right now. And I think we could have a better mix of people kind of competing on a day to day, day to day basis. I don't like seeing the same, same course with the same names playing the same golf. Cause at the, at the end of the day, like what we've learned from guys like Joaquin Neiman, like is that there's fantastic golfers all over the world that could come up and fucking, but if they need to be given the opportunity, he's there. He's there and doing it. Yeah, but how do you not know there's a bunch of people that were behind him that have just gotten the same like opportunities as him that could have done it? But like it only came to his town or his village or only a country club in his area. Like, how do you know there's not a bunch of people that? Like, I'm not saying that there aren't guys out there that could have been pro golfers, but that didn't get the opportunity. Like you can say that with every sport. Like, yeah. So I would like to just I would like to see a world tour that tries to find that untapped potential. You know? Sure. I just think that it's I, I think that we're getting the best golfers in the world right now. Like I I I think I the sentiment is oh, like the sentiment is good. Like I get what you're saying. I just think that it that is what's going on right now. Like I do think that. Like of course you can try to make like continue to try to make the reach further and get more people involved. So like I I understand what you're saying. I just truly think that we have the best golfers in the world and i think we're just too top heavy focused like think of how much money they keep cashing in for the pga tour like this 15 million dollars when it was like 10 million before like think what, of, think what of do it. you want to watch a bunch of fucking mediocre golfers play golf no you want to watch the fucking best golfers in the world play golf i want to watch good storylines i that's why i watch things like the corn fairy tour finals finding out guys that now have a shot to follow their well, dreams you, the PGA you're tour. in a small percentage of people that no i just think the story isn't being told well enough like i just don't think enough people are being exposed to the then personal why aren't stories. people watching WNBA games what do you mean I don't know if that's because they're not as good as NBA games. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to what are you interested in? I think there's plenty of people. I mean, more people watch female World Cup, uh, female U.S. World Cup golf than male U.S. Cup World Golf or whatever the fuck the statistic was. Like, are you talking about golf or soccer? Soccer, the you women's U.S. World team. Cup golf. Oh, sorry. My point is, is that like, I don't think. All, you just have to sell a story and you have to like show people the interest. You have to know how to market things. I think this is a laziness of it. I just think that the golfers on the corn Ferry tour aren't as good and people don't want to tune in for that nearly as much as they do for the best golfers in the world. And that's that, never going to change. I think that's a you're insane. If you think it is, I don't, I don't disagree with that. What I'm trying to say is that there's other things to be interested beyond that though. Like it's not about like, I get it. Storylines. Cool. Like, I just think that, okay, that it's just like their storylines on the PGA tour it's too. It's just something that you're not, but who really cared about how much more the fact that Rory well, is now, well, that's just bad 15. marketing on the fucking PGA tours fault uh, point because no, no one like the, they try to make it about the money. Like it, it shouldn't be about the money. It doesn't matter about the money. Okay. Well then the two, PGA tour in general has a very interesting identity crisis because they just keep throwing money at it. I agree with that. I think that money should be diluted to trying to figure out ways to get more talented people into the market. Sure. That's what I'm trying to say. But I, I don't, I think you're insane if you're trying to fucking get people to watch the corn fairy tour. Like I just think that's a waste of time. That's not what I'm trying to say though. What I'm trying to say is that we need to find different ways to market the golf and the players behind it beyond just 
Because if you're just be like, who's the best player in the world, then what's the cutoff? What, at what point should we only care about the top 10, the top 20, the top 30, the top 50, the top 100? No, we should be caring about the PGA Tour or the World Tour, whatever it is, the, like the NFL, the NBA, like the if upper change, echelon, if the best the P- of the best. Yeah, but if they change the PGA Tour to have 500 players instead of 175 or 200, whatever it is, all of a sudden that number's gone from 200 to 500. It's an arbitrary distinction. You could make the tour as big as you wanted. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. What, what is, what your is your limitation you're on who the best golfers in the world are? Is a PGA Tour, but you can make the PGA Tour, aka the World Tour, a thousand golfers. Yeah, well, my opinion would change if that happened. So, what's the cutoff? How many players? Do how many players matter? One hundred and fifty to two hundred. Why? Because those are the people that are in the mix that could win. No, because then you get you start seeing players that play like shit. But if you had a larger population of players with more resources, giving more opportunity to better potential players, like you, you're already seeing that the, the 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 depth of golf is deeper than it was before, and you've made that an argument before in the past. So that means the deeper you go down that line, further to 200, more of them are capable of winning. Like at the end of the day, Hovland isn't even the top 100, and he won on the tour. The idea is that these people, Hovland are, hasn't won are, on uh, tour. Wolf, sorry, Wolf isn't in the top 100, and he ha- he's already won. The idea is that. Things get deeper and deeper. Well, he hasn't as accrued t- enough points yet. There's plenty of people outside the top 100 that have won on tour recently. The idea is that like it's going to keep getting deeper, and you have to be able to build a tour and a system that accommodates more and more players. Like You can't set some sort of arbitrary number at 150 or 200. Like That's the number that we should care about. Because at the end of the day, like as the sport gets bigger and bigger, you're going to have more people capable of winning. But if you bottleneck well, it to only— There has to be a cutoff. There has to be a cutoff number. You can't have a thousand people on the tour because it's limited to events. Because it's a, how many weeks can fit in a year. But if you figure out a way to systematically spread it out, we could have multiple events going on at the same time, but under the same umbrella. You now are able to have more events, more golf, more exposure, more eyeballs, and more money for more people. But then you're always going to run into, hey, this tour's talent is way not, not if as it's good. always mixed up every year. No, because people live in certain places. And nope, they gotta go. Wherever you tell them to go, they they have to go. They have to go fly there for that month to play that event. Well, then you're figuring out like who. Uh, that that would just be a logistical nightmare. Like football play, football teams have to f- go all over the place to play in their the events. United States. These guys, you, make- you these, you're talking about transatlantic flights. You're talking about all this stuff. It would be the blue group, the green group, or whatever you're saying would have to be to a specific region of the the globe of the Earth. Because otherwise, you're fucking requiring this dude who lives in fucking Asia to fly over to the United States. Or you're requiring this guy from the United States to fly over to Asia. Like, I it, think if you play one event every three weeks or a month, that's not that demanding when you have, like, you make a ton of money and the tour has more than enough money to cover, a, you know, a communal jet that could fly people over. Like, it's not that outside the realm of possibility to do one event a week or, or one event a month or one event every three weeks for something like that. Even if it's based on region, you could have a new region each year. Then you're not seeing your big names every single week or every other week. Then you're, then you're seeing, you're seeing Rory once a month play a tournament. You pretty much only see Rory once a month playing an event. I'm just saying like that the, the, the audience tunes How? in to see, Especially people that aren't like us. I agree. And I they think they tune in to see that. Tiger. They tune in to see Rory. They tune in to see the big names. You would still get that. I I disagree. I think that having those names week in and week out, at least, you know, a, a few of them in a tournament makes a big difference. 
and you would still have them playing events every week. They just wouldn't be playing in concurrent events, and they don't. Or do they that wouldn't now. be playing against each other. They would be if they made it to the playoffs. The playoffs at the end of the year. So you're no, not. No, I would start them earlier. So you're not having the best golfers. You have week to make in it through your pool playing against each you, other in the same way as the East and the West and the NBA, or if you get through your conferences in different sports, it's like you, once you play through your pool, you get to play against Like that's the whole idea is that like you work toward a playoffs where you get, you play better teams or better players. Like I said, this is a half baked idea, but I think at the end of the day is that when we restrict our mindsets down to like, this is the way it is with the PJ tour. We can't change anything. Like we're not trying to creatively. I'm not saying I, I am not saying that you can't, the PGA can't change anything. There's of course, I think that things can be changed. I just, yeah. I mean, I get wanting to get more golfers, more potential great golfers in the game and stuff. But I, I, I think that the PGA tour, if they, you know, made more tournaments overseas and stuff like that, that would be a good thing. But I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how much more we can keep going over this. I mean, I'm good. This is pretty much my stopping point. Like I can't, uh, we'd be saying the same thing over and over by this point, but I think I'm unsatisfied with how the structure it is. I don't think we're tapping even close to the potentials that we, w- we could be doing. And at the end of the day, I think 20 years down the line, our game could look a lot different than it is now, but that's always dependent about how much we open up our doors to all the avenues of people trying to get into the sport. Cause at the end of the day, like it's going to keep looking the same way it is. If we keep having the same places, like the sport isn't going to grow. If nobody knows about it, like there's a reason that we don't care about rugby here. There's a reason we don't care about cricket. There's a reason that we don't care about a lot of things here. Cause at the end of the day, like it just not, we're not exposed to it here. We're not growing up around it. People aren't exposed to it. Kids can't play the games really. Like, they don't see the future in the, it there. But if we have a presence there, then you see that it could be a cyclical cycle for people to pick up, pick up the game. And that means more money in the sport, more athletes, more professional athletes, more exposure, more events to get to watch, more courses. Well, you continue to make mini tours and stuff like that. But it's not sustainable. They don't make enough money. They have the, their, their dreams die immediately because they can't make it work. Well, don't you think that they would just be pumping money into fucking something that might just fail? M- Players would go where the money is. So if you have all this money that we're able to put $15 million on a single event that's a net event, like put some money behind these events to send these golfers around. If you don't let them choose, you'll force them to go places. Don't give players the option. They're a part of an organization. They sign up to be on this tour. Tell them where they have to go. Force the function. Create <laughs> the entertainment. The fact of the matter is that they have free reign of this. Like I'm sure pro golfers are angry if they ever listen to this. Like, I should be able to choose where I play. It's like, dude, you're the only person that gets to do that. You and tennis players. Like it's, it's insane. Like that's like you you get to live the luxury life of being a professional athlete, making millions of dollars. And you're sitting here complaining that like, you don't get to choose your schedule. Exactly. They have to go somewhere to play for 10, like hundreds of thousands of dollars in a week. Like, come on, man. Like this, like, I'm not saying that my system is perfect. It has tons of holes in it and there's ways that it could be improved, but like that's something that doesn't necessarily have to stay the same. That's kind of my closing thought. Sure. I mean, I, I, I've, I feel like I've expressed my opinion all I can on it. Yeah. But yeah, more golf, more places, more players. That's, that's what I want. You trying to, End it right here. I'm bouncing. I mean, do you have anything else you want to talk about? I mean, 
we didn't really go into the Brooks or Rory who deserved the player of the year. Ooh, yeah, we can touch on that right quick. Um, is yeah, t- almost ten o'clock. Um, I'm good with that. Yeah, let's. Uh, I'm assuming. Can I take a guess that you are not happy with the decision? No, and I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um, I s- I can see the argument for either of them, but it comes down to like, do you care about just the majors or do you care about? It's not just the majors. Brooks had several or at least two more wins besides his major this year. This season. He had the CJ Cup or whatever it sure, was. Sure, the season. That's what you go by, right? Yeah. I think Rory still had double his wins. No. He had the players. He had the Canadian. He had the Tour Championship. And he had... That was it. And then he got the Harry Vardner dr- trophy, and then he got the... Uh, and I guess this is the trophy for if the players choose you. So one, the players chose him. It wasn't like... But they, I mean, there's kind of some, they're trying to, um, at least some things that I've read and heard that their players are trying to make the FedEx Cup or FedEx so they continue to put money into the sport. So they voted that Rory won because he won the tour championship, making it seem more important than it actually is. Okay. I can see the argument like they're protecting their wallets. Um, he statistically had a better strokes gain year than Brooks. And I'm just trying to make an argument for Rory here. Um, he technically had a better statistical year than Brooks did. Sure. Brooks, we went over Brooks's finishes in the majors. Yeah. We, he also had two more wins besides that major. At least two more. He had the CJ and then he had the he had BMW, the, right? No, he didn't have the BMW. He had the the whatever, what used to be the Firestone, but now it's like, it, he won one of the WGCs that I was after like, yeah. during the season, um, but which is a limited field event too. Um, and he won an event. The CGA Cup obviously isn't the strongest field. The you guys FedEx St. Jude is what he won. Yeah, which is. Um, yeah, so he won the CJ Cup, the PGA Championship, and the FedEx St. Jude. Jude. And you guys were talking shit about when JT won the CJ Cup, and it didn't matter. So let's before you jump on that bandwagon. All I'm saying is that, uh, I mean, I think that Brooks deserved it over. I think th- there's an obvious argument that Brooks should have won it. I am leaning toward the side that Brooks also should have won it just because he performed so outstandingly in majors. Um, I don't know if there's any conspiracy behind Rory winning it. I can understand the argument for it purely because the events that he won were also pretty high level canadian open is extremely competitive the P- the players is technically the strongest field in golf and it takes a lot to win get to the tour championship let alone win it especially when you're at a net deficit to some people like brooks well they also make the fedex cup points more during the playoffs so if you play well in the playoffs but he pro- started behind brooks i'm just talking about in the playoffs in general like it may be maybe if the points weren't worth as much for the fedex cup playoffs that that rory may not have been in the position he was in but he was like third in the Wyndham. i'm just saying that whatever well i'm just saying the argument is between brooks and rory here and rory started behind brooks at the end of the year in that and he still beat brooks but i'm not saying that one event should cast over all of it i think at the end of the day brooks had 
two wins on tour still. He had a major as well, and he had better performance in the majors. I think Brooks should have won it. I just understand the argument for Rory. I wouldn't have given it to Rory, but I understand it, and I get that they're trying to put more clout behind winning the FedEx Cup and you know weight behind the players. And I think the fact of how surprised Rory was when he won it is already an indication that like he also thought Brooks should have won it, or at least he thought he would win it. I think, uh, uh, and they said this on the NLU podcast, but I think the fact that if you went to Rory and asked if he would take Brooks's year or his year and say which which year would you rather have, he would probably say Brooks's year because there's a major championship win in that. Yeah. Um, it depends on it, – it comes down to the fact of the matter is, is that like – how what is a major worth right like i i still think you go down in the history books no but i'm saying is like what if someone won nine times on tour and there were pj tour events but someone just won a major at what point does like and like at what point does the major not equate to always win is it always going to be like well i think if i think if brooks won just the pga then it would be yeah rory could win the player of the year but the fact that he had two other wins and those finishes in the majors and yeah, a major but Rory win. Would, but, but we know Rory would change, would trade with Brooks if it was just the PGA because he just wants it for legacy. But that doesn't mean it was a better year. He just wants his number of major ticker to go up because at the end of the day, he's won enough PGA Tour events where it doesn't matter. He just is worried about majors. So at the end of the day, like, does any of this matter if all people care about our majors? Like, does player of the year matter? Because at the end of the day, it's not player of the year. It's just player of four events. You know, like it doesn't matter about the year if it only matters about the majors. Well, I think that just says like how important the majors are. To you. To them, too. Well, all, Rory, all Rory, those. Rory won the player of the year, so it doesn't matter that much to cer- certain people. Well, we were just talk. We just and talked about how they were protecting but, their bank. But or that's that's not for sure. It's just a matter of that's possibly it. <clears throat> that's assuming a conspiracy is true. All I'm saying is that like. I agree that Brooks should have won player of the year. I think with his wins, as well as his major performances, I think there would be no argument that he should have won it. I think there is a whole conversation going on around the fact that Rory just happened to win the FedEx Cup. He won the Players' Championship. This is like a trifecta for things that the PGA Tour wants. And at the end of the day, this is also an award for the PGA Tour's player of the year. Like, not the golfer of the year or whatever else it's once again it's about the pga tour so it's like if this was dell's player of the win they're gonna give it to kisner because <laughs> he won the match play like he won their highlight premiere event he won their thing like at the end of the day it's not about what the world golf community again once again going back to why we need a world tour that's completely agnostic doesn't have any biases toward some sort of specialized region or events but that's it's it's a there's not that much conversation there honestly i agree that i think brooks should have won it i understand an argument for rory i think rory statistically had a better performance on the golf courses this year consistency wise um i mean the number of top tens and top fives that he had is fucking unreal if you just look at wins that it's a different conversation but he statistically was always he lost to less people this year than brooks did but it is it is what it is. Like, I, it's kind I mean, of, then it's should, kind of, the, should the person that's 
at the top of the Sagarin rankings be the player of the year? I think that's an extreme on that side, obviously. Like, that, no. Like, someone should be able to do both performing really well as well as win, like closing things out. But it's not like he didn't do that. He did both. Like, he closed out a win on, in technically the hardest field in golf. Like, and he also won a National Open. And he also won <laughs> National Open because there's so many fucking tournaments in Canada. Well, it still had the same premier, like, I do not, field. I, I do not consider the RBC Canadian Open as a upper echelon golf tournament. I mean, I put it up there with, like, the Memorial and, like, Riviera. And, like, I, I put it up there with tournaments that I wouldn't, like, I think it's more premier than, like, fucking the Valspar or the St. Jude Classic. Like, it's definitely a harder event to win than any of the WGCs where you have a field of fucking 70. I don't know, man. I I just, I stand by that Rory should not have fucking won it. You know, you're, I, you're, I, you're I, over here trying to argue Rory's side and I get you're playing devil's advocate, but. I mean, you're asking to have a conversation about it unless you want me to say like, I agree. Brooks should have won. All right. End of podcast. Like, I'm trying to have a conversation about it. I get that. It. I just think, it, yeah. I just think that it's pretty clear that Brooks sh- should have won it. I think he should have won it. I don't know if it's necessarily extremely clear. I just think, I think, I think that 70% of the consciousness would probably agree that Brooks should have won it, but I don't think it's a hun- I don't think it's unanimous, clearly. I like, mean, I, I guess the, the, the reason this whole, this thing is so, weird is because the players voted Rory to win it. They might have an argument because they're probably thinking about the bigger picture of this is like whether it's their pocketbooks, let's throw that aside. Let's say it has nothing to do with money. What's their argument for it? Rory at the end of the day, it's about you being a golfer. So it's like besides like this, this award could, you could also make an argument that this award is beyond just how you play on the course. It's how you carry yourself off the course, how, how much of a spokesperson you are for it, how you grow the game, how much you give back to the sport, how much you're a part of events or how much you're trying to champion junior golf. Like there's a mixture of things about being an ambassador for the sport on top of being player of the year. You could argue that's a part of it too. I don't know what the guidelines are for choosing player of the year for the PGA tour. I don't know. But I also know this is also the year where Rory declined. That's to more play. if I feel like that's more golfer of the year then, as opposed to player of the year. Player implies playing. Golfer would imply just as a golfer, like you're. You know. uh, yeah, I don't know what the distinction. But my point is, is that if that has something to do with it, like we don't know what the guidelines are for it. Let's also take into consideration that this was a trifecta of. He won the he won the FedEx Cup, which fits into that whole thing. He won the players, which is their premier thing for the tour. And then he also focused completely on just the PGA Tour this year, and he didn't play any European Tour event until now, until the PGA Tour is over. So he gave full commitment to the PGA. So like he's talking about like all this commitment to the PGA, which probably went on top of it. So there's probably a mixture of things. But if we're talking about pure like event finishes on like what we consider to be a sliding scale of important events. Yeah. Brooks performed better in the things that we hold dearest with the majors. Like there's no argument there, but you can also look at the rest of the season and this is a PGA tour award. Rory played better on the PGA tour. It's as simple as that. It's equating it to being like, 
I, See, I would disagree. I don't think he played better than Brooks. Yes, he did. Strokes gain, he played better sure, than Sure, but I don't he think had that's better, playing he had, better. He had, he had more top 10s. He had more top 5s. He had more wins on the PGA Tour. I just think the weight of a major trumps all of that. There's no way to measure that, though. That's just subjective. It's not, though, because he placed first in no, the weight the of a major. Tournaments. The weight of the major is subjective. Right? It isn't, though. What do you mean? So how, what's There's the new, four what? of them a year. They're how, there's no the sub- most important tournaments. All of the players want to win those tournaments the most. Yeah, but there's no statistical thing that says a major's worth X number of PGA Tour events. They're worth more on the world golf ranking. They're worth more to all the players. They all want to win it more. They go to the, you know, the best courses usually besides obviously the Masters is at fucking Augusta every year. But, like, I I just... So, basically, it comes down to find... Someone needs to dig into the algorithm of how the official golf world rankings work and then find out who had a higher point accrual differential between the two of them if you're actually going to have an unbiased statistical representation of someone's performance in that year. But right now, this is a this is an award for the PGA Tour that was awarded to the person with the highest strokes gained in the PGA Tour for the season, which was Rory. I don't think he should have gotten it. I also think that the majors have an extra weight to them. All I'm saying is there's no actual tactile statistical representation of what that weight actually means unless you go off of the official golf world rankings, and I don't know what that actually is. Okay. There's that that's that side of it. That's the only thing I can say for that is that at the end of the day, there's an argument to be made for Rory. I don't subscribe to it. I just think that it's not like it's completely invalid. Yeah, I think he is had the second best year on the tour. Yeah, I deduced that much. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess we can end it on that, but go Brooks. We'll see you guys next time.